Uh, let's get to our top story. Lots to talk about today. Housing Minister Ravi Kailan tabled new legislation that the government hopes will cut back on home building construction times by pre-zoning land. The bill would uh, also create a new amenity cost charge tool that would give builders and municipalities a more transparent understanding of the costs associated with a housing project from the get-go. Now, today's announcement comes after the provincial government tabled legislation earlier in the session that will allow developers to start building a minimum of three and up to six units on lots currently zoned for single-family homes and duplexes in municipalities with more than 5,000 people starting July of next year. Joining me now to discuss the issue is BC's Minister of Housing, Ravi Kela. Minister, thank you for joining us. Hey, Jazz. Thanks so much for having me. So why did you feel you needed this legislation when you've just introduced a, a, a massive piece of legislation that will change neighbourhoods eventually as, as as it works its way through the system? Why did you feel you needed to bring this piece of legislation in now? Well, one of the biggest frustrations that I hear from uh, you know home builders uh, throughout British Columbia is the fact that uh, there's never cost certainty. You know, uh, sometimes they start with a project, they know what the DCC costs are up front, and then as they go through rezoning, uh, often what happens, and most people perhaps don't know, is that uh, a negotiation happens where the local government officials say to the builder, home builder, hey, we need you to do this, we need you to pay this cost. And so imagine going forward with a project, never really knowing what your cost is going to be, uh, and, and that uncertainty that comes with it and the delay that comes with that negotiation, sometimes it could be a year or longer. And so what we're doing with our reforms around housing are a couple things, Jazz. One, we're saying communities, go engage with people in your community. Make a community plan. Get an understanding of where the housing needs to be in your community. When you have that community plan, no more zoning hearings are needed because you've already engaged with the community. You already understand that. Now, as we remove the, the need for zoning hearings, of course, anything outside the community plan still needs to have a zoning hearing. But uh, for those uh, normal processes where uh, something fits within a community plan, the zoning hearings will not be allowed anymore. And so local governments had been, you know, trying to find ways to build community amenities like police stations or fire halls through that negotiation. And so essentially what we've done with the tool is said, here's a new tool for you. Lay out what your DCC costs are in the beginning. Tell the home builder in the beginning what their cost is for uh, community amenities. Everyone has a clear understanding before they walk through the door with their proposal Mm -hmm. what those costs are. Local governments get money for what they need for the infrastructure. But developers and builders, they also get certainty on their costs. So I think this is a win-win and it fits in with all the other legislation that we brought in. Do you worry, though, that, you know, priorities can shift uh, desire for certain amenities in a community uh, by local people, local taxpayers can change. And local councils, if given the opportunity to decide on some of the issues, uh, would be much more flexible and quicker to react to local realities, local norms, local expectations beyond just sort of a, a blanket uh, uh, legislation from the provincial government. Don't you think that to a certain degree you take away some of that local autonomy and the desire for councillors to be uh, addressing some of those local issues, which can evolve and change as well. Yeah, and, and we're not saying that they can, uh, that, you know, we're not picking for them what they can charge. Mm-hmm. We're giving them a list of things that they may uh, have uh, needs for. But of course, it's the community is going to decide what, what their uh, amenities are and what they need. And, and uh, you know, to your point, yeah, o- over a couple of years, they may say, you know what, that amenity isn't necessarily what's needed right now. 
something else is needed. And there are provisions for them to, uh, to, to make that change. But what's key here is that we're building in a level of transparency where instead of those negotiations happening, uh, you know, in closed doors, uh, now it's very public. What are the amenities the community wants to build? What are the costs associated? No negotiating, no conversations. But if local governments, uh, you know, after a couple of years say, you know what, we want to adjust it, there's mechanisms for them to adjust it. So it creates a, a level of certainty and transparency, which mm-hmm. I think is much needed in the entire system. Do you worry that you're going to be accused of bigfooting local government, not just on this issue, but in the past legislation that you introduced? Do you worry about that? Well, just we're in a housing crisis, and I've said this on your show, and I'll say it again. Mm. Everybody since I became the Minister of Housing says, hey, we're in a housing crisis. We need housing. But nobody wants a housing in their backyard. How are we going to address this challenge unless we really look at our system and say, you know, not look at the system and say, can we make tweaks, but look at it and say, how could this be actually better? Mm-hmm. And the reforms that we're, we're making is about that. It's saying, you know what, the system is not working. It's not getting us the outcomes we want. We have to do this thing differently. I've been getting messages from folks across country, across the U.S., uh, who are saying, you know what, these are the reforms we need in our community. So it's cutting edge stuff. It's, uh, I think it's, it's needed in order to address the challenges we have, mm-hmm. but it also works with local government. And uh, and that's why we have so many mayors standing beside us for this uh, announcement. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, when you made the earlier announcement in regards to start building a minimum of three and up to six units on a lot, uh, which are currently zoned for single-family homes, uh, we had Eric Woodward on, uh, the mayor of the township of Langley, another community that's very fast-growing. Uh, and here are some of the concerns he has expressed in regards to those. I just wanted you to listen to what he had to say. In the Willoughby area where we have significant new land coming into urban development, around 200 Street. Um, We have other established single-family neighborhoods like Walnut Grove or Murrayville um, that are now going to be having this density imposed upon them with no planning process around schools, um, park acreage per resident, um, a number of other factors which are are involved in the overall community planning process. Um, If you simply come in and say you're now able to quadruple densities in these areas, I'm not sure how that's going to work for park capacity, recreation facilities, or schools um, that are full in those areas. So now how is that going to work? Uh, and no, no, he's speaking specific to his community. I'm not going to ask you to speak specific to, uh, specifically to a neighborhood, but the broad concerns he raises could apply to Vancouver, to Prince George, to, to Maple Ridge. What do you say to that? Well, I, I would say a couple things. One, uh, the mayor of uh, Langley Township is dramatically increasing DCCs in his community uh, to be able to have the money to address some of those infrastructure challenges. So I assume that the increases he's bringing in uh, are to address some of those uh, infrastructure needs. We are investing in infrastructure in, in communities. We've provided the, the township with uh, significant resources. Uh, we provided him uh, as part of Metro Vancouver with significant resources, which takes pressure off of their all their communities, whether it's the Iona Water Facility, 250 million, uh, TransLink, 500 million, the 911. Uh, system reform that the Metro Vancouver mayors want to do. So we're providing dollars. But what we're saying to communities is it's not one or the other. I mean, it's, I think it's a false uh, a sense of looking at it if you're saying, well, we, if we don't have all these things, we can't have housing. We can have them. We just need to do both at the same time. So we'll continue to invest in schools where we've actively acquired sites for schools in this community. We're expanding the existing footprints in schools in this community. And we, we know that work needs to happen in Surrey and Vancouver and communities throughout the province. So, again, 
there's a million reasons to say no to housing jazz. We're mm-hmm. trying to find ways to get to yes. Minister, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Jazz. Be safe.